A podcast network. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just so read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Welcome to Mormon and the Math Head. I am very excited for this episode. We have Dr. Brady Smith here. Hello. Thank DDS. you. DDS. Right? DDS. So, so not DDS. one of those DMD fools. <laughs> pretenders. PhD. Dr. Brady Smith has been t- mentioned multiple times on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the first time you've we've gotten to sit down with him. This is the uh, the doctor a la my implant fame. <laughs> Yes. But get this, he's also a Mormon. <laughs> because yeah. it's a very small world that we live in. So I'm very excited because I feel like we're going to get to talk yeah, about so a lot. Yeah, so Brady, of- you f- you discovered Jessa just by watching Burt Cast. You saw her. So I had started a previous podcast called The Stand Up Diet, which was like a 15 episode kind of experiment. Okay. It was super fun and the co-host that I had, her name is Amanda Arnold and she knew Jessa and she was my co-host on The Stand Up Diet. We were looking for people to get in. And I also, for quite some time, have sought out people who need dental work just to do it for my own personal... Uh, okay, to go back further, um, I started hating my job like five years ago, like a lot. So being a dentist just becomes very monotonous. You deal with a lot of people's garbage and crap and people hate you a lot and they're scared of you. <laughs> who, hate, who hates you? What? <laughs> I've heard they don't. Do. I've heard this, uh, and, and so I started like literally, like legitimately, like I'd come to my wife and say, like, I don't know if I can do this. I've been in tennis for ten years, so like five years ago, I was only like five years into like being a dentist, and obviously, it's very hard to course correct as a dentist. You put a lot of time and resources. Yeah, there's not many other fields you take that. Uh... Right. I kind of got one gig <laughs> yeah. that yeah. I can, that I yeah. can do. Uh, so I started honestly. Um, when I started seeking out people whose lives I could make a difference in, I started liking my job more. And I, and, and honestly, people like on the street, I, uh, one of the first people I kind of just like offered my services to for free was a Wendy's drive through girl. Cause I went to Wendy's like four times a week and she had very visible problems. And so I said, here's my card, come to my office, I'll take care of it. And so, uh, is that a delicate thing? Like, uh, yeah, how do you Cause tell the drive through girl? Yo, yes, you so <laughs> fucked up. I mean, I know you know, I know you know, but <laughs> no. And um, obviously, like, um, generosity is a tool used by serial killers too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? Like, like, hey, come over here. I'll give you all these things, right? Uh, and so, yeah, it it's super awkward sometimes, and I've had it. A number of people who have never called me. Well, I remember right? you telling me uh, on the podcast that you're like, a lot of people don't take me up on this. <laughs> right. No, it's like an offer that's worth like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that could actually make a big difference. And people are like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so yeah. well, it sounds too good to be true. Yeah. yeah and they, I mean, I definitely, uh, it definitely, I know that there's probably like uh, sexual implications that are probably thought of too. Yeah. Like that's why I'm doing it so that later on I can whatever. Uh, and honestly, pretty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. 
Uh, but, you know, I'm happily married, and that's not, uh, it's honestly just, uh, yeah, but I recognize how weird that is. I definitely recognize that. I'm and, happily married. I don't need to fuck your pretty mouth. Right. So, uh, so anyways, so, so I already commonly took people and invited them to come to my office and take care of their dental work. So Jessa wasn't the first and I've and and I continue to do that because I just really enjoy it, and I feel. But when you when you saw her, uh, you had no idea of her connection to Mormonism. Like you had, did you have any idea what the podcast? No, uh, was or anything no. Like I that? So I, I watch like, Burtcast a lot, I, and I watch it on YouTube. So mm-hmm. I, I I like Joe Rogan Experience and Burtcast and Your Mom's House with Tom Segura. I watch a lot of these podcasts because I just am a big fan of comedy, and. Uh, and so when I saw that, Amanda had mentioned your name, and so- somehow I knew Amanda knew you. So I said, hey, reach out to her and tell her that I'll do her implants for free. Uh, and she, even she was like, I don't think she'd really go for that. I was like, really? I was yeah, like, the way she pitched it to me, I was like, this sounds very confusing. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll see you when I get there. Yeah, and so uh, she was like, I-, I think she's fine with her dentures, and I, think, I, don't, I don't think she'd care to like do something like that. Like just tell her to burn five great minutes of denture material. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that has been (laughs) right. So I said, just tell her. Trust me, I know denture wearers. They are she's she's gonna be into this idea, and she's like, okay. And then sure enough, you showed up and and uh, you did our a couple episodes of uh, stand up diet podcast, which are super awesome. And uh, and then we started just going with it. Yeah. How now the implants has been a whole process, Jess. Uh, are you all, so you're almost 100 percent done now. I'm done. You're 100 percent done. 100 percent. Oh wow. Yeah. There's a little bit of follow up and maintenance, like getting oil changes on your car, like basically those little. Once a year, I gotta get like new O-rings put on. Uh, so these, so I have four implants on top and four implants on the bottom. Those are like inside my bone, and then there's little uh, abutments that come off, little snaps that come off, and then. I don't even like to call it a denture because it's so different than what I had as dentures. But there is like a, a full bridge of teeth on top and a full on the bottom. But like my the roof of my mouth isn't covered for the first time in 10 years. And this just snaps in. And uh, then I can take it out to clean it or whatever. Because that's the first thing that people ask is they're like, does it get, why didn't you get it just like permanently put in? Yeah. And uh, I, people are so weird about the ability to take your teeth out. Yeah. That that like they, I'm like well, no one, one else has that ability. The it's, it's, a, it's magic. Probably more people than you think. Hmm. To be honest, it's quite but like common. why would I want to get it screwed in? And then if I got a piece of popcorn stuck behind it, that would be maddening. Like that mm-hmm. would drive me insane. The the, the fact. Oh that I my god! Snap now that's the way to sell it. I think talk about popcorn stuck in teeth and be like, imagine you got popcorn stuck in your teeth, and instead of doing this tongue thing for the next <laughs> six hours. <laughs> Where you like you could just pull that teeth out and just grab that popcorn thing just out and then pop it. your teeth yeah. back in. That sounds that sounds wonderful to me. So when Amanda uh, called me, she did say uh, Brady. He's like a Mormon dentist, and at this point, I think I was like six months into Mormon and the Meth Head podcast, and mm-hmm. a lot of my life has become because I find it also interesting. So uh, Mormonism has been just my. Uh, kick for a minute which i love that you've taken such a fascination with uh, it. yeah i love i think i heard you mention nickmo in one episode and i was just, <laughs> i started giggling i was so like she knows what nickmo is it's great so almost <laughs> <laughs> almost it took her a while non-committal mormon <laughs> right right uh, she figured it out yeah what's well, like it's a genuinely fascinating religion I sure think. yeah it's cool but 
Um, but so it felt it uh, the way that that lined up that you were also Mormon uh, was yeah. was funny because we felt uh, surrounded by Mormons. But so we travel around and we sp- we usually hang out after shows. We end up hanging out with ex Mormons, uh, sometimes yes. Mormons, but I don't really get to like pick their brains or whatever uh yeah and kind of talk about like a lot of this stuff i believe we have a pretty like aaron has been um we have mormon fans we have a lot of We're, mormon fans yeah. and mormons come have been to our shows and stuff uh we they don't like take us back to our house and give the give us mushrooms and then tell me their mission stories like the ex-mormons yeah, do. Right. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a little it's more exciting not as fun i could bake you some sure. cookies and we could play scrabble uh or bananagrams that's that's definitely what we would Dude, do Dude, bananagrams bananagrams is yeah. legit i actually yeah. just found out about <laughs> bananagrams from not mormons although a byu grad so i guess that's just uh, yeah. it's close enough it's like scrabble on the go yeah yeah. This is what uh, Andres and yeah. Tracy had, and I was like, Mormons would love this game. <laughs> <laughs> Mormons already do. Uh, yeah. Um. So I thought it would be cool to get into some of the some of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, to I've listened to a, lo- a, a fair number of episodes of Mormon and the Meth Head, and and there's certainly obviously going to be things that I don't 100 percent agree agree with. We but like that. but I like that. Um. Uh. You know, I like the idea. You've mentioned many times, like. You know how uh, you know. I wonder what a practicing Mormon. I wonder how they justify this. Or I wonder how they think about this issue, like things that seem maybe hypocritical or or uh, controversial or just otherwise difficult to uh, come to terms with. Reconcile, yeah. Yeah, difficult things to reconcile. And and I don't think I know everything. And I'm definitely not like a poster child for. I've never been called a Peter Priesthood. Like I'm a little a little rough around the edges as far as Mormons are concerned. But I definitely am a practicing, believing active Mormon. Yeah. yeah. I love, uh, I felt the, the same way. And I feel, uh, the, I love like the, the, the dangerous Mormons are always like the most, uh, <laughs> normal looking, just regular, <laughs> just, uh, yeah. where like I was, I was super dorky and super goody two shoes. Uh, but like amongst my people, I was a renegade, <laughs> a rebel. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't own Settlers of Catan. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, had, yeah, I, I don't own that either. Box set. And, oh. Yeah, dangerous. Uh, so, what's uh, your story? Were you were you born into the church? Uh, yeah. So I, uh, my parents, my mom was a convert when she was very young, like fourteen. But my parents met at BYU, got married. I'm one of eight children, so very, very Mormon, uh, stereotypical Where'd Mormon. Where'd you grow up? Spokane, Washington. Okay. And uh, then I went on a mission to Paraguay, nice. South America, uh, which has been great because I speak Spanish and got a Thanks lot of for Spanish. clarifying which Paraguay it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that where. Uh, Listen, some people Danny's don't know was? where Paraguay is. I thought Danny was Argentina, but okay, I could you're be right. wrong. It is Argentina. Yeah. Okay. I, I, mean, I didn't know where Paraguay was when I opened the letter. I didn't know where it Dude, was. What was so. opening your, do you remember opening your letter? What sure, was like? huge deal. Tell Big your story deal. about yeah, opening Yeah, super emotional, super awesome. I didn't know where Paraguay was. It was like a whole thing where like, we, you know, I, I think pretty typical for Mormons. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Big deal. And uh, it should be a big deal. It's where you're going to live for the next two years. And it's where I'm going to be doing. And, and uh, More than that, it's just like your whole life's been leading up to this yeah, moment. Absolutely. You've been singing songs in primary every week since you mm-hmm. were little. 
about like how I hope they call me on a mission. Yeah. And it's just the end all be all of your heretofore existence. And I remember the day I got, I worked, uh, the mission, uh, going on a mission was super important to me my whole entire life. Yeah. But then it got more important as like, I had to I had to quit masturbating before I went and that was <laughs> sure. So I so I I, ended, I went late. It was this whole uh, torturous process, and then I'm ready and I'm so excited to go on a mission. And I I went out to the mailbox and I saw this big gray envelope. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I knew what it was, and I uh, walked back up the driveway, and. Just without even thinking about it, I just threw the envelope into my car and then shut the door and walked into the house with the rest of the mail and put the rest of the mail on the table and then went into my room and just freaked out. And I didn't tell anyone that I got it. Wow. It was my dad's birthday and uh, we were celebrating his birthday that night. And then it was after we sang happy birthday and stuff, I was like, oh, also, I. I think I got my mission call today. And everyone was like, what? Because we've been like go- watching the mailbox. Like it's yeah. something that my mom talks about. Does, mm-hmm. Did it come today? Did it come today? And I had freaked out about it all day long. And then I didn't I didn't open it or read it. I had my brother do it. And uh, he, I remember he gasped when he opened it. Because where, where, tell me where you went. Italy, Milan. Oh, that's cool. And he gasped when he saw that. And he, I remember him reading that part out to me, and uh, I had oh, never considered cool Italy. I had never thought about. I tried not to think about where I was going very much. Yeah, uh, I didn't like like people do like pools in the singles sure. ward. Sure, the singles ward. They'll be like they'll take pools on where do you think uh, Brian's going and stuff. Yeah, and uh, but as soon as he said Italy, Milan, I, it felt perfect. I was yeah. like, that's always where I was supposed to go. This is it. I've been called like because you, you've been called to yeah. serve like the prophet has said, this is where you were supposed to go. It feels very much like destiny. Yeah. And uh, it's a it was a really it was a cool evening. I loved it. Yeah. No, it was super awesome. Did you immediately go to a like a globe, globe. map? Yep. <laughs> I had to find, I had to look up where it was because I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I mean, the, the, the paper told me I'd be speaking Spanish. Uh, and I found out later there's like an Indian language, a uh, very old Indian language called Guarani. Which is what I ended up speaking most of the time. What is this like? Two thousand ninety nine. What what year did you are you opening up this envelope? Uh, uh, Nineteen. Uh, it was uh, two thousand two thousand two. Okay, was All when right. I went there. Uh, so yeah, super amazing place. I loved it. Never been back. Never, not even one time. Not even one time. It's not a place you'd bring loved ones because it's very uh, poverty stricken. And for me, being like living there amongst the people, like I love it. Right. Right. But it, for people who aren't prepared for that, it, it can be a little I've always felt it would be a little jarring to see. But you never even went back by yourself. No. With, an, with another. I'd lo- I would love I would love to go back. Uh, but it's my no, friend. Life, Danny went life back gets with, in the way. He went back with another companion of his who is also ex uh, Mormon now. Yeah. And they just like walked around and and bought weed from from street <laughs> kids and had fun Aww, time. Yeah. stroll down memory lane uh-huh. yeah uh i've been back to italy a couple of times just twice okay and once once with uh my wife as like a it's like a honeymoon type thing sure and then once uh after the divorce as a, as a, as a sad anti-honeymoon thing. <laughs> Not with her. I just went by myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah. So, then, yeah, then I, I mean, I took a pretty, 
a normal road. I went to BYU Idaho after my mission, roomed with a bunch of friends, uh, found my wife at BYU Idaho. We got married in the Las Vegas Temple in 2005. So we've been married about thir- 14 years. Wow. And uh, four kids. Went to dental school in San Francisco. And uh, uh, San Francisco is my favorite city in the world. I was just there the other day. I stayed there for a day. It's I wonderful. Berkeley, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, I love it. And and uh, then I moved to Colorado. I lived there for five years and started practicing dentistry in Colorado. And then um, I'm with a, a, a franchise company called Comfort Dental, which started in Colorado. So then I had the opportunity to sell my franchise there and buy the buy my buy a new franchise up here. Which is Returned why your roots. Which is why I'm now in uh, Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. Are you? So you're at two offices, Camus. We've and opened Vancouver? two practices. Okay. Yeah, we got two offices, but I work exclusively at the Camus location. Okay. Yeah, but I own both of them. Okay. I did get some um, X-rays at the other one. Yeah, do they have a panel machine? I don't have a panel machine, so I yeah. need a panel machine of a panel panoramic X-ray. Um. How scared do I have to be when they put that X-ray thing up against my face? And they put that little vest on me that I don't believe does anything. And then they they no, walk the to a different something. they walk to a different room, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you're talking I, about radiation exposure. Yeah, it's like, minimal, man. It's like to put it in perspective. It's like if you broke your arm and went to an urgent care, they take uh-huh. an X-ray of your arm, right? Right. You need like 200 of my X-rays to equal the amount of radiation. Uh, it's it's very For, of one arm. A x-ray? one arm X-ray. I mean, an MRI would be like. It's an insane amount of radiation in comparison to like dental x-rays. And most okay. dentists are using digital x-rays, which actually minimize the radiation. But obviously that's an issue because I mean, we get a lot of the, the Portland mentality spilling over into Vancouver for sure. And people are uh, crazy about avoiding avoiding that. But well, in, It just makes me nervous when you guys walk away. Well, Whereas, that's just because well, like, of daily accumulation. Everything feels, fi- everything feels fine. And then yeah. you guys are like... Uh, are behind a <laughs> bulletproof window. You stay here. I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's uh, that's when I get nervous. Is it unnecessary for me to put my hands over my balls because I do that every time? I don't think about I it. I think you should. The vest, the vest, the apron should. The lead apron should cover. Dude, that apron never covers shit. Like for the apron, either like it slides. By the time the 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 hygienist walks away, yeah, it is slid all the way down. <laughs> and I think the x the X ray is up here by my face. So I try. I then I then move the 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 vest back up. And when I yeah. pull it up, it no longer covers my balls. And so then I put my hands, uh, and I. I mean, the X-ray is going to go through your hands pretty easily. It's not that why. much of a barrier, my, but I mean, it, every little bit. Every little bit helps. Sure. In my in my monkey brain, I'm like, I I guess I would rather have radiation affect my hands, <laughs> like a, you know, than your junk. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Like, yeah. no, your your take your logic take. is sound. Your logic okay. is sound. But the uh, yeah, the dosage. It's all about dosage with stuff that those kind of things. Where dosage is like what people don't understand, like mm-hmm. comparative doses. Because there's also radiation in the sun, and you walk around every day, and you get radiation exposure. So, it's uh, dental is really minimal. Gotcha. Yeah. So you should be uh, covering your balls mm-hmm. in the sun. But cover your Ray, balls just for fun. Do you talk to people while uh, shit is in their mouth? I try not to. I know <laughs> okay. it's so bad, right? That's like, why, oh. Why? I try really hard not to, but I do. I do, and I and I, and I slap my wrist when I do. I, I realize You guys what I'm go doing. to four years of school, and I feel like at one of the, and then I, how many yeah. hours a, a week you guys work, and like, I just it just shocks me how many dentists expect m- me to talk back to them. <laughs> 
We yeah. did we did have a whole lecture in dental school. This was a day of one day of my curriculum dedicated to things you shouldn't say uh, in front of patients, like nice. whoops, or <laughs> or uh, you know, Some like of those. Seems like it should be intuitive, right? But like, if you like do something like drop a mirror, and you're like, oh sh- shit, or <laughs> you know, it's like the patient hears that they don't know that you dropped a mirror. They're just like, what, 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 what is what. And uh, and so they had it was, it was part of our ethics course that we took. We took one ethics cover, course. They don't cover like don't say questions. They didn't. Like, they never so said. Who's your favorite comedian? I get that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm for I I I wouldn't want to answer the question anyway. Right. But I just say I just sit there and say nothing. And then there's always like silence. And then oh, I guess you can't really. No, my bad. Every yeah, no, I I do. I'm definitely guilty of that sometimes, and I hate it. Mm. I try not just to. Just want to make friends. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just want to talk about Mormon stuff and and Aaron just <laughs> talk about <laughs> dentist stuff. No, I just want to hold. On, just let me finish complaining about my dentist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple times ago, uh, this every time I think the dentist can't get worse. Oh uh, no, no. This guy, I was at the d- the dentist is already bad. I'm in a bad mood because I'm at the dentist and mm-hmm. I'm in pain and I'm nervous. I just I get I get really anxious uncomfortable at the dentist and sure. i just get quiet and yeah. stiff and i just like gr- let's just uh grit my teeth and like get it over with right um this is, they really don't want you to grit your teeth uh <laughs> while they're working on them it's bad <laughs> but uh then this guy just uh starts telling stories about dead kids <laughs> just oh. dead kids he oh. skipped this lecture he didn't <laughs> He told a story he, about he his there was some lectures. other patient. There was some other patient oh, no. uh, that he had just been working on, and he's like, "Oh, he's such a such a great guy." So that's what that's how that's what um, <laughs> how when rich people talk about other rich people, they always will add that in because he was talking about like this. He's <laughs> like that guy, that guy. Oh, he's got a ton of money, and then he like starts to feel self conscious that he was talking about this guy's money. So then he adds, "Oh, he's a he's a great guy though. He's a great guy, Greg, in spite of all the money." And then I guess like to then. I don't know to really uh, help the the common man empathize with this other patient that I'll never talk to. He was like, "You know, his son died," and I'm like, "No, I didn't know that, and I didn't need to know that." And then he tells me the story about how his son got ran over by like a car in the driveway, and 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 I'm like, "Fuck, that's depressing." And we oh, sit there man. in silence for a little bit, and then the dentist says, uh, "That reminds me, I met this other woman," and then he tells another story. About another child who was killed accidentally by their parent, and um, and then I say nothing because he's you know picking at uh, the bones in my mouth, and so there's another quiet pause, and then he tells a third story, a third story. You're there for a simple cleaning, like checkup. No, I think this is that we're getting ca- like cavities, fillings, okay. fillings okay. done, right? So uh, okay. he's he's working me on a while. Keep- yeah. Keep brushing. And every time I think I think to myself, <laughs> I'll tell him I'll make a joke like, Hey man, can you stop with those stories? Uh and I but I I never say it out loud because I think it you know, I I am incentivized not to talk based on the stuff. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to say it. And I think every time there's no way 
he has another <laughs> dead kid story. So it would be superfluous. It'd be unnecessary for me to say at this juncture, please stop, because he's definitely done. And he was never done. It was like oh, a magician man. pulling scars out of his sleeve. No, that sounds terrible. But every scar had a dead kid attached to it. And he was just like, one. this one lady that I know, she just left her kids in the car and she went to the store. And then like one kid got out of the car and the parking brake released and he got run over and his mom wasn't even there for it. And I was just like, Jesus. Anyways, have oh, a great day. Could you give me less Novocaine? I would like... Listen, no argue for me. That sounds terrible, man. Yeah, I don't know. You bring up your divorce. Uh, that was that was like a couple times before that. He brought Every, up your divorce uh, too. No, I, that was his own divorce. That was yours. He didn't bring up the divorce. She just kept asking questions about my wife. But she didn't, and I didn't want to. I wasn't gonna be like, okay, we got divorced. <laughs> she was just like. Uh, but you guys, did you guys both see the same dentist while you were together? And uh, that's why they're asking yeah, questions? Yeah. Oh, okay. So like she like, I don't know. I don't oh, remember okay. my family history being plugged into my chart at any point in time. <laughs> but like I'll bring my son into the dentist a lot. And I think that, you know, we had like we had all at one point in time. You all uh, went there. We all had the same dentist. Okay. And uh, then I come back in after the breakup, after the divorce. And she's like, how's your family? Just a normal question. Yeah. And I'm not going to like. Uh, shit on someone's day and make them feel bad. Terrible. Be like that. I just go, yeah. oh, it's great, you know, and then hope that that's the end of it. And it just wasn't. She just kept asking more questions about my wife and like, yeah. what is it that your wife does for work again? And I've already committed to not telling the divorce Everything story. being great. So I just have this long conversation with her. She does the regular cleaning, just all about my wife and my <laughs> wife's life and like how and like where we live and all this stuff. And this is none of it's true because like she's moved away. I have an apartment that's oh. empty and no furniture in it. And I don't see my kid enough. And I'm just like sad and I'm crying on the inside. And it's just like the 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 dentist is uh, a little shop of horse. Right? Yeah, like it just it cannot it can't get worse. And then every you know, there's other dentists does. though. You can go you can go check out a different person. I should I guess I should, especially in Salt Lake, man. There's like I would so uh, many dentists there. I feel like you could look on like uh, I don't know, like Better Business Bureau or maybe even do people write reviews for you dentists do. and just like find one that like doesn't use dead children's stories. <laughs> just like. That'll be the review you write for your next dentist. It's like, I just really liked him because he didn't share any dead children's stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, man. That sucks. That's everyone. Listen, that's not as bad as some of the bad experiences. At least like. You have, do you have good stories that you've uh, heard? I mean, so what you're telling me is like the stories I come back and tell my wife about, man, this patient was like <laughs> on it today. Like. Like uh, I say nothing to my dentist. I'm like, I he mean, doesn't like, really want me to talk. I'm not gonna do it. I mean, the worst is like geriatric, like oversharers. Like uh, uh, my pee was orange after that filling. What? 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 <laughs> what, what was going like, on with that? That's not me, bro. Let's stop trying to blame that and on my like, filling. I was like, I don't know, but my fillings aren't turning pee orange. You gotta check that out, man. Yeah. Go get that fixed. None of my other patients have complained. Yeah, but like the old people. Yeah. So like, no, I got all these stories of like. The opposite, where I come home, like, this patient just went shut up about, not dead kids, but, like, whatever is going on. Depressing shit. Uh, All I want to do is. Jessa Reed was in the middle of my office making gummer jokes <laughs> while I have customers in all the other chairs. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, I want to be done as fast as possible. Me with, too. With a patient. I, and I, I feel like patients appreciate that. Get in there, get done. Try to get things done quick and make it as easy as possible. It's dentistry sucks, man. It sucks being a 
it sucks having to get dental work done. Mm. No matter how you shake it. Uh, do you feel guilty about uh, the amount of money that you make? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no, man. I sacrificed my entire 20s. My entire 20s were just nose in a textbook, essentially. I mean, and uh, so no. I, I feel like I how mu- paid my dues. How much does... <laughs> I don't know if you want to, like, you don't have to say your answer. If okay. You just want to say an on average answer. How much does dental school cost? And, like, yeah. when do, when does that get paid? Like, how fast do you pay that off? Like, how much yeah. then does a dentist make when they leave dental school? So I feel like I got away pretty good, and I came out $290,000 in debt from okay. just, just dental school. Uh, I didn't have undergraduate debt because, because I was able to BYU Idaho was like thirteen thirteen dollars thirteen hundred bucks a semester <laughs> and I could pay for that while I went to school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had people in my class that were right around four hundred. I've heard like and it's gone up since I've been so I so I graduated in two thousand nine and I know costs have gone up. Even at my dental school, costs are up twenty five percent from what I went there so i don't feel when, when it's I a think bubble that's like gonna burst i think people that i can't stand uh you know it's like old money handed down money yeah. i don't feel like doctors and dentists uh used to be like what we perceived as rich people sure but it's like you do like sacrifice a ton of time to go to school and then you also the crippling debt right and uh but if you if you looked at a dentist and if a dentist told you i make uh three hundred thousand dollars annually and then um that sounds like that's awesome. That's yeah, freaking great living, right? Mm-hmm. But what you don't see a lot is that a lot of times dentists who make that much money are living like somebody who makes $80,000 a year or $100,000 a year because of the amount of taxes and the amount of debt that they have to get there. They come out, they buy a house, they buy a practice. Uh, that's debt on top of their student loans. Uh, student loans are typically a 10 to 20-year payback process. So it, it's a lot. It's it's a lot, but and someday... You know, on, the, on like... Most dentists take 10 to 20 years to pay off their student loans? I think somewhere in that range, yeah. A lot of them wait for, like, I think at 25 years, you get, like, forgiveness. You get your debt, like, forgiven, I think, after 25 years with the kind of loans that most dental students get. That's so, awesome. So you just uh, you pay so, as are much so money. bad at paying it back <laughs> that you t- that if, <laughs> after 25 the years, yeah. they're like, all right, well, we're just... Yeah, the loans, gonna... and, and when you're that young, it's all just monopoly money, man. It's just, like, you don't understand... I know so many young people who are going to school for a living, like yeah. just getting like yeah. uh, loans and shit to go to school uh, so they can live off of the loans. Mm. And it's like, God, that's such a uh, but then people who are going to school for something legit also are like, I don't have time to get a job also. So I'm just going to get these. loans. Yeah. yeah. So uh, but I don't think you're going through school without getting three hundred thousand dental school without getting three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Okay, now Jess and Brady, have you guys discussed uh, Jess's own self dental work? We did, yeah. yeah. We did. Oh, I love it. I mean, like, <laughs> no, it's so interesting to me. And 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 people, I mean, I love watching YouTube videos of people pulling their own teeth out. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know there was YouTube videos of that. Oh, what? so many people do it. Dude, this is so weird. The shit that YouTube, uh, like, will take down the ISIS beheading, but uh, will leave up someone just <laughs> ripping their. We have we have videos on top of videos. You could watch you could yeah. watch a, a pimple popping video after pimple popping video until the day you die. Right. They're all allowed, and I think they should be uh, all banned. And we should bring back the sword. Yeah. I, think it would be <laughs> I don't know if a beheading is as bad as that, but if they were. Yeah. 
uh, if they were getting these you black kids for the jihad. You have everything with a snake on it removed. Everything with a snake on it should be removed. I report videos all the time on my <laughs> Facebook feed. Someone's <laughs> like, uh, here's a video uh, of like a giant uh, anaconda eating a pig. I'm like, that's flagged. You, I, I think you should go to Facebook jail. I don't. I don't want. No, I don't. Reported. Really. I, I, oh, man. I. I don't know if I've ever actually flagged, reported anything, but I will. Uh, I'll hide stuff from my own view. That's yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't want to see anything like this. Spiders, yeah. snakes. Uh, pe- people who pull their own teeth out, screw them. I mean, it just makes everyone's life harder because you never get the whole thing out. Rarely do you get the whole thing out, so you just break it into pieces. And so, like my strategy of not. I felt like, and now I know that this wasn't correct. Yeah. But I felt like if I pulled them all the way out that I was risking uh, bone loss. So my strategy was, uh, but as long as they were above the gum, I was getting exposed nerves and and abscesses and stuff. So my strategy was to break them off and then saw them and let the gum grow over them so that when when the oral surgeon finally went in, the roots were all still under my gums. But now yeah. that I know that it the bone has to be getting stimulation. Just how did you do that? How did you break off the top of your tooth? Well, they were crumbly anyway. Yeah. And so there would usually just be like a piece that had to be like, I would uh, take something like blunt and just, cr- just, just it. crack it until it got short. And then I would file it with like yeah. a file. I guess it's hard. You, I've, I've heard you talk about, you say crumbled, you say dust, you say... Uh, Soft teeth. teeth, which I think now is uh, bullshit. They say is bullshit, but they were... Um, brittle. Yeah, you you could just break off your teeth. Be- yeah. the The thing that I des- I don't know if I described it on here, but one mm-hmm. day I was st- I was just standing in a room, like trying to figure out why I was standing in the room or something. I was doing nothing. I was not grinding my teeth. My teeth weren't even. My mouth wasn't even closed. It was kind of a little bit open. I had not just eaten anything, drank anything, nothing. I'm just standing there, and one of my teeth went. And yeah. just cracked onto my tongue, uh, like an ice cube when you yeah. put it into water. Just, just, yeah. just cracked. And I was doing nothing, like yeah, except meth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there was meth in my system, but yeah. Um, but yeah, you weren't chewing on anything. But on well, impact, they just, they just, yeah, they were. So you would get a blunt object, you'd break a chip off, and then do you sand it down, file it down? Like the back ones, once they would get, well, so there was a constant abscess yeah. happening at all times. And so I had like permanently lanced my gums <laughs> to where there was like four holes on the bottom. Kay. And uh, I d- it didn't happen as bad on the top for some reason, but there was like two holes in the front. And they were, I had lanced that area so many times that uh, it was almost permanent holes, but yeah. sometimes Lanced. I have to open it up. And so then I just spit constantly because there was constant. But I, like, took a ton of garlic, and it, it like, managed the infection. Sure. But there was, at all times, some level of infection happening. Yeah. You pierced your gums. Yeah, they, like, swell up, though, to where it's almost a zit, and you just yeah. pop the zit. Uh. And, and that's the problem with leaving the roots in your in your jaw, is that the roots will continue to abscess. So, oh, okay. so, so with roots in there, there's still there's still food for bacteria, right? Yeah. So there's still a factory pumping, uh, you know, bacteria into because your body. Because once I got to the point where I got the dentures, I ha- I was uh probably a year past. It was the it was the death of the teeth that was constant pain yep. and infection. Yeah, sure. And then by the time I got the dentures, uh, there was an implant where the tooth had come off of the implant. Yeah. Uh, left. 
there was like two partial front teeth and almost nothing else left above gum. Right. And uh, I, I wasn't in pain anymore. Who knows if I had just like ad- adapted to the pain. Yeah. They were still pretty permanently lanced. But, yeah. Um, uh, but while they were still above is when the exposed nerves would happen. Sure. When they would first break open, it would feel like you're getting electrocuted. Yeah. And that was what I couldn't deal with. I'm like, infection I can deal with. I cannot deal with this electrocution. And so getting them uh, yeah. broken off in the gum to grow over them would, would stop, stop that. that. Yes. Ab- yeah, absolutely right. No, your, your level of understanding is actually pretty impressive. Yeah, and we um, didn't have YouTube back then. Right. So <laughs> but like... <laughs> Uh, feeling it out intuitively but just like the yeah your intuition of like what to do and how to handle it without the aid of like a professional i i, I think that's to be commended oh thank you yeah did you did your tweaker friends once break into a dentist's office yeah so there was a dentist office that had been abandoned or something yeah uh and they had broken into it a couple times just looking for stuff to sell and i was like can i get in on that dentist's office and so we went in and i took this is when they weren't that bad. This is when there was still uh, every tooth had like half of it missing, but there was still a lot. Yeah. And so um, I had already from the beginning of doing meth, I think before I even started doing meth, I had already like lost the middle of the two front teeth. That filling had come out. Yeah. So I was already for a year as a comedian had been super gluing that spot. Yeah. And so uh, I uh, then was like just super gluing, just putting super glue into like the, you know, like the circle cavity in the, on the side tooth, just yeah. like so that it's aesthetically better so that you can't see the black part. Yeah. Cause they were like hollow. I don't know what teeth are supposed to look like, but there was like enamel and then hollow and then just like a black shiny thing. And so I would super glue. That sounds crazy. Over top of the black shiny yeah. thing. So if you're close, it looks fucked up. But yeah. like for the most part, it just looks like I have teeth. Yeah. And so then it, that got like so. It Same wasn't thing enough. as Tom Cruise. Yeah, from a distance, Tom Cruise looks great. <laughs> up close, you're up like up close. You're like, what? Something's wrecked. Did you super glue that? You <laughs> put a chiclet in the middle. Yeah. But so then um, I stole uh, stuff that called amalgam because I was like, I've definitely heard the dentist say that before. Sure. And stuff that looked like it, like I could paint it, and then tools, like all the tools I thought I would need, and then I just <laughs> spent hours in the bathroom, like like making stuff yeah. and then and then it and everyone else was just getting nitrous yeah like they like the nitrous is in the oh, shed or something i see i'd love to be like a fly in the wall watching a bunch of tweakers like go through my dental stuff like what they need and be like uh-huh. oh that's so funny they, <laughs> that's, like, that's great tools are great for like scraping meth out of mm-hmm. things like there are a lot of great right and very small very t- we work in very small with very small things yep. so there's lots of small tiny tools we're into the crafts i was excited to have one of those mirrors uh <laughs> those little tiny mirrors. yeah they're super handy and then the stuff had to be mixed with other stuff, and uh, it took me a while to figure out. And also, I have no idea if this was filling material or what the fuck it was. But I would like there was like a tube of stuff, and then there was like individual like little yeah. jars of stuff, and yeah. so and it, plus it was all very old because this place had been abandoned for a minute, I think. Yeah. And so, uh, like the mixing until I finally got it right, and then I just would fill in all the gaps until it created like a weird bridge but then that bridge would eventually start to shrink like the teeth around it would break and so then when that would come out it would take a lot more teeth with it and so i did that for like a year yeah and um and then i had to start breaking them off and putting them under the gun i mean self-dentistry it's always it's always one of my kind of favorite things to see come in uh because it's always interesting to see like the uh uh, intuitiveness, Technique, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the intuitiveness of, of people, what they're trying there to do go. without also, 
it 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 uh it kind of um uh, sheds a light on how much people don't want to come to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> the lengths that they will go to to not go to the dentist is it's pretty crazy. My ex was a photographer, and she would tell tell me about this six year old French boy who's famous. Uh, I mean, he's not six anymore; he's like dead or something. Okay, but way back in the day, this uh, some somebody gave this six year old French kid a camera, and he had no training. And no one ever taught him how to take pictures. Like no one taught. He has. He didn't go to school and get a like okay. a BFA and learn composition and stuff. And uh, but his pictures are like up in museums still, oh. and are studied in uh, photography school to this day because he was like this outside the box thinker, right? Okay. And uh, you know when you you've got so many you, there's so much about the art that is taught and studied and you take someone who has no context for any of it and let them go and then they can like discover things and she yeah. like she loved to do that with our son like just let, give him uh, i want to give him a camera and see how he takes pictures and see what his perspective is and see it blah Ooh, blah yeah. blah and he's like oh wow game changer oh this changes the way that we look at photography but that that is that not how it goes when I, I imagine comes people in think <laughs> self dentistry. They found the loophole. They're like, I don't have to go to the dentist anymore. Well, that's why these braces by mail, like orthodontic braces, by in the mail. Yeah. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, it's gonna get shut down soon. Oh, really? Soon. Uh, yeah, because these little these ads I see on Instagram where people are like, you put this thing and your you bite down on it. What are braces by the no, mail? No, it's like yeah. You take your own. Mail. You take your own impressions. Uh-huh. You take these molds of your mouth. And you send them out to this company who gives you these trays, and you put the trays in your mouth, and then it moves your teeth, which it does. But if you have, like, periodontal disease, and that's not identified before you start by a professional, you are screwing yourself. You shouldn't be moving those teeth because you're going to lose them. <gasps> like, really? Yeah, because if periodontal teeth... periodontal disease? It's just basically like gum, <laughs> gum recession and, like, I bone loss. That's what I like, thought I had. Oh, yeah. really? What, what is that? I self-diagnosed myself with that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you probably did have... I mean, it, it, it just is a natural... I mean, if teeth are crumbling out of your mouth, you probably also have periodontal disease, too. They kind of go hand in hand. But if you have periodontal disease... I, there's really no system in these smiles by mail to do. It's, you, you should definitely talk to a dentist. Periodontal disease it. sounds like it's named after like like Lou Gehrig's disease. It sounds like there was a man <laughs> like named a Perry, Perry O'Donnell, uh, <laughs> and this is his disease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I can't take it anymore. Uh, we have done a lot of honor code stuff. Yeah. And uh, you have an honor code. I got a good one. Idaho story. Yeah, I got a good one. You mm-hmm. to tell Aaron. I you, wish I didn't have a good our, one. Our patrons know. Uh, recently, we did a, uh, a. My roommate Whitney shared a, a BYU Idaho honor code story. Yeah. So, uh, and I think most people know that BYU Idaho is the is the more strict BYU. So their honor code is even it was stricter. Yeah. What is. Uh, have you followed this Instagram honor code stories thing at all? I don't say I've followed it. I've definitely looked into it and checked it out. It's it's nothing that, unfortunately, there's not nothing much of that surprises me. Uh, a lot of these stories, I mean, I don't know how much of them. I mean, even if a portion of them are true, it's still horrendous. Uh, and I, I, listen, I, I think it's great. Something should be done about it because yeah. it's a little, it's a little too much. I get that people. Uh, I mean, this is something I think that me and you would probably agree on, probably pretty much, is that, yeah, it's a little too much what they do. Some of the stories, I wish I had more context to understand, and I feel like I don't. 
some of the more like really tragic ones about like the, the accusations of rape and and that kind of stuff you know and the girl not you know being kicked out for i mean it's just kind of crazy i don't even understand how that could be possible it's terrible but mine was not as crazy as that my <laughs> <Okay>. my <laughs> My, I mean, it could have been because the accusation that that was thrown at me and my roommates was uh, a heavy accusation. We were accused of um, running a prostitution ring out of our apartment, <laughs> and and so I, I you know, yeah. no like one, you do. no one at BYU has had sex, and like <laughs> no one in our apartment no, was. No one at that <laughs> in that town of Rexburg has had sex. <laughs> yeah, there's. There's like I, I mean no one like none no one there's having so, sex and they're just with, they immediately what, what did you do that seemed like you had so a- it came out of the blue because we all got called into I mean they orchestrated how to like get us into the dean's office at different times but before we could ever get home to talk to each other about it how many people like- so there's six of us in our apartment oh, me Jesus. me and five guys that's too and many we were pimps really good friends. And to be fair, we had a lot of girls that came in and out of our apartment. We had, I mean, the, the, the six okay. of us, the six of us, we, we liked to have friends over, right? Uh, and no one was fucking. No, no. Not to my knowledge, no. I, I wasn't. I guess I can only speak for myself. I definitely was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like, um, oh, remember that Breaking Bad episode where like Walter White had to kill like 10 people in prison all at like within like a 10 minute window. Yeah. It was like that. It was like executed <laughs> surgically to like get us all in. So by the time like we all were done, we'd all been had spoken to the Dean so they could get like all, so we couldn't like obviously corroborate. Yeah. They yeah. thought we would like corroborate. Like, here's a story. Tell them this. Right. But there was no story like this, And I think it was so like, wait, what did you get reported for? What? Who? I don't know who snitch? did it. I, I feel it was jealous dudes who saw the girls that were coming and going from our apartment. And we had, uh, listen, I, we had some good-looking dudes in our apartment who had a lot of good-looking girls coming through our apartment. But so, why is the accusation not then y'all might be fucking? Like, why is the accusation? Why is it? Why is it prostitution? Like, because they I have sure a brothel. I don't know because I mean, here's what my experience with the dean that I spoke with was uh, pretty terrible, and I could definitely tell he was uh, asking me questions in a way that were very, was very leading. And like we already know mm-hmm. that this is going on. It's a it's a common theme in a lot of the honor code yeah. stories that I've read. So and I definitely so like they're like why didn't you just book? tell us? And then when they say no, all I did was this. And they're like, are you sure you didn't do anything right. more? The beginning of the interview was like me sitting there like like doe eyed like I like I I don't know why I'm here. And he's like, I think you do. I, I we know. We, I mean, what this oh my God. this is act. You know, this has been a long time coming, and we kind of know what's going <laughs> oh my on. God. And it was terrible. And like they've been doing two years of sting operations and they're ready to bring you down. Right. And he obviously thought that I was playing dumb, but I, wa- I was actually dumb. I don't know. What, but So I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I just stuck to that because I honestly didn't know what I was doing there. And did everyone stick to that story? Sure. Yeah, because no one knew. knew uh, so did we, they tell you prostitution ring? Yeah. That's, that's why I know the accusation was prostitution ring, because uh, he said, well, this has been the accusation that, that we... Did you ask him if he knew what a prostitution ring was? <laughs> <laughs> what no, is, I, like, I, just, I don't get the... But at this point, also... Because, yeah, like Justin said, you guys could be having sex with your own girlfriends or like, sure. you know, people coming over, but... Uh, Girls coming into your house and then leaving, like, are they saying that they're that they're coming by so often to pay you? The it pimps did sound the money? like it did sound like in the scenario that we were the pimps. 
are you using your apartment as the as the place for the Johns or the, are the girls on their yeah, own? I don't. I mean, like, like I said, I don't know the details of what they thought they knew. But certainly it was uh, – I didn't realize – it was. I wasn't scared of the situation until afterwards when I realized how easy it is to get kicked out of BYU-Idaho. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Isn't there just rules that you can't be in each other's apartments or is that if this you're – part, You can be in the common rooms yeah, of the apartment. You can't have members of the opposite sex behind uh, the hallway where the, where the rooms are and yeah. definitely not even in the rooms. Yeah. So like one honor code story that I read said – uh, my boyfriend was helping me move out of my apartment right before we got married, and we're gonna like move into our own apartment. And he came into my room to grab shit and walk out of my room with it. And I had a disgruntled roommate who filmed us walking into my yeah. bedroom together, and then sent that oh to the God. honor code office and was like, "They're having sex in their room." And this, uh, and then like they got harassed. Uh, by the honor code, like a dean of the honor code yeah. office said that he wasn't going to let them get married, and uh, because they wouldn't confess to having sex because mm. they didn't, and yeah. all this stuff. Like that's like a power this guy should not have. Uh, I don't know why yeah. it's come to that either, because it's, it's just it's not. It's to me, it's not consistent with anything else I've ever experienced in with my experience in the LDS church. I don't I don't know why at the schools that there is that. I don't have bishops come and talking to me like that. Um, I think there are probably stories out there, but as far as... I read one story from a bishop who uh, said that, you know, we had this, uh, not a conference, but kind of like a lecture thing. We're we're BYU bishops, and uh, the honor code, like, gave us a presentation. And the honor code, people from the honor code office were telling the bishops uh, that they had to report the anybody that confessed and the bishops were like yeah. we don't though like that doesn't sound like bishops are raising their hands and being like that doesn't sound like something uh i'm gonna do and they're not coming from the authority of a honor code dean uh, yeah like who the not, fuck are you the yeah. biggest fucking do you realize <laughs> like we're all we're all lds do you realize who we answer to and that's you're, you're not that guy so yeah, you're not that guy so Whoa, it's get lost a, it's its own thing trying to assert its power over yeah and i don't know how it beca- i don't know how it came big. that way um I don't feel I don't feel any remorse for people who have sex, get caught having sex, and get kicked out of school. You, I don't have any remorse for that because you signed an agreement and you are getting tithe payers to pay your tuition, and that's the trade off. You getting you're getting a grade A education for peanuts and just can't have sex, or a couple other things. So when there's actual violations, it's really hard for me to say. Or if you get caught drinking, yeah, it sucks, but and it's not that big of an it's not that big of an infringement, definitely from like a secular standpoint, but it is, it is the agreement that is we'll keep. I don't really think about how your tuition is subsidized by the church, but yeah. So people's the church's tithe payers, the tithe payers of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Saints is why tuition is thirteen hundred bucks a semester for people who go to BYU or fifteen hundred bucks a semester. It's it's insane. It's super cheap, and uh, and so I think it's a fair agreement. That's my assessment. Is you live by the rules, or you can go to you can go to UVU. What college actually costs, and that everyone else is just getting <laughs> just <raped>. charging. The, <laughs> uh, you can go to UVU, have sex all you want, and pay their tuition. That's a, that's a interesting. I think I think though that that's uh, all that mindset, which I understand, it was the mindset that I had while I was in school. Sure, I was like, this is a thing that you you agree to. That's already so far removed from what the original intent of the honor code was supposed to be. Like, 
uh, the honor the honor code is uh, something that you uh, should be aspiring to. And like originally it was supposed to be self-policed. Like we are going to hold ourselves to these standards. And when we don't, we uh, we apologize and, and keep working, you know, like we're moving yeah. towards it. The fact that it's like, oh, well, no, this is a contract that in order to be to, the privilege to attend this school, yeah. you have to sign this contract in any infringement of that contract. Like as if there's a team of lawyers going over it looking like it's like you can be expelled sure. that's not what the honor code was originally meant to be yeah. it was supposed to be like students that were already there at the school helping them to aim higher and do and do better and i don't think that there's anything uh like good in uh someone making one like if you if you make a mistake uh, and then getting put through the ringer and having your whole life fucked up for it well, is uh is 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 like I can get behind that at I could get behind that more at a secular school than a yeah. than a school that says uh our 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 whole entire university espouses Christ-like principles mm-hmm. and the basis of our university is we want like beyond before we teach kids about geography or geology or anything else we want to teach them how to be good people that's the point of our school. Right. But then at the same time, the point of our school is you follow every fucking rule that you say you're going to follow. And if you fuck up one time, you get the fuck out. And I'm like, well, this feels like you have two different messages behind your school. I agree with the conflict of messages. It's, a, with it. it's, a, it's a super hard you, conflict to deal with. I agree a, with uh, flip-flop should make you think about the Great Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> That's, no, listen, I lived through it, man. I lived, uh, I, uh, uh, I mean, be- <laughs> People aren't wearing flip-flops a lot at BYU-Idaho, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't even agree with the facial hair. I don't understand why you can't have facial, I mean, it's just, Jesus had facial hair. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I, there's plenty rules of prophets and apostles. The, the facial hair rules came up with Ernest I think you should Wilkins be well-groomed. I do agree. You can be well-groomed, sure. have facial hair, and I, I do agree with that. Uh, but as all those things are getting taken too far. How, yeah. how, how, how tight girls' pants are and, uh... I was gonna, I, the one thing I would say is there's no consistency either with uh, w- like who gets kicked out over what. Brandon Davies, a high-profile uh, BYU student, he was the second-leading scorer on uh, Jimmer Fredette's uh, team. That I mean, yeah. he we were we were looking at a Final Four appearance. Is what all, uh, every BYU student? Not that like sure. there aren't mishaps or whatever along the way, but he's the second-leading scorer. Uh, it comes out that he had sex with his girlfriend. BYU uh, takes him off the team. He doesn't get kicked out of school, uh, but he isn't allowed to play basketball anymore. And I, uh, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I actually thought it was pretty cool to see a university stand by its uh, principles. Like you have uh, sure. students on other teams that have unconsensual right. sex, uh, like, and, actual and, crimes, and they still and they still play because <laughs> they're good. Crime, yeah. And BYU was like, we don't care about this March Madness. We have principles. We're going to stick by them. And I'm like, that's that's cool. But I also thought it was cool because he didn't get kicked out. That same school will kick out uh, somebody uh, that's just as contrite, that's just as sorry, and. Uh, you know, even for smaller fences, like my friend yeah. who 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 uh, lifted a pop tart from a vending machine, <laughs> got expelled immediately. And it's like I feel like if he was the second leading scorer yeah. on a yeah. on a top ranked basketball team, no one would be kicking him out for stealing yeah. a pop tart. You know, there's a uh, oh, there's it's a wild arbitrary. variation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I've never heard also, I mean, obviously I, I consider like the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the, and the general authorities of the church to be like a source of authority, and I've never heard any of them address this. I think they should. I think it'd be nice to hear what they say on it because I do think that it's not consistent with the message of the gospel, which is repentance, forgiveness, and these uh, fundamental principles of the gospel, which are very difficult to reconcile against a policy that seems to be unforgiving, mm-hmm. even if you are repentant. And so, uh, yeah. Um, so I shouldn't say I feel no remorse. I do feel some, it, it's very tragic and sad, but it's, uh, you know, at some, at some point those are the rules and this is, this is the game you've decided to play and it sucks, but there are schools you can go to that will let you have as much sex as you want. And there's one school or at least two schools you go to that won't. Mm. <laughs> so now how do you feel about, uh, somebody who, uh, maybe like me, uh, who loses their faith at BYU because that's something that uh like that's a that's a that you can be expelled uh over honor because part of the honor code is uh having a testimony of Jesus Christ exactly and you lose that testimony of Jesus Christ and are honest about it you get kicked out of school then uh so kids i know uh scores of kids who were going through the worst crisis of their life because their whole world was collapsed yeah. i mean like when i sure i i i wanted mormonism to be true it was my whole life and like to start uh, struggling with these things and be like okay what if it's not true it was very very difficult and then to have to keep all those thoughts a secret because if somebody finds out that i am uh doubting they can report me to the honor code office and then who knows what will sure. happen sure so that that what are your thoughts on that? Well, so conflicted. I'm really glad I don't have to make these decisions because I would uh, lose my mind if I had to be the one making these decisions for people. But I do think of two things. One is, uh, I, I mean, if it was a buddy of mine, I'd say, well, just don't say anything till you graduate, man. Obviously, that seems to be the the wise thing to do. But part of me also thinks there's someone out there who didn't get into BYU who was going to follow the rules and who would have done that, and they're more deserving of that tuition break than you are. That's what I think. Hmm. I think BYU is open to people of other faiths, right? They'll, you don't have to be a Mormon student to come yeah. to BYU. Yeah. Uh, my my friend Andres was Catholic. He uh he came to BYU, right? And there there if you're not Mormon, your version of the honor code is just a little bit modified. You uh like have to get an ecclesiastical endorsement from your ecclesiastical sure. leader, right? But it's just it's just not a Mormon bishop. Uh. And BYU is okay with those students converting, changing religions uh, while while at school. They could convert to Mormonism. They could convert to Judaism. They could convert to Islam. Or they could, you could, whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. You can change religion. You can have a faith crisis. Yeah. Uh, and and change your beliefs while at BYU, and it's totally fine. But if you come Mormon. You cannot change from that. And I'm you going on your word on that because I don't know that to be the case. You're, this is the first time I've ever heard that that's, that that's a thing. But I, I swear to you it's true. This yeah. is all, something that we talked about every day at No, BYU. I'm taking your word for it, I'm, uh, I, and, I'm, and I'm postulating based mm-hmm. on, on, on your statement being true. Listen, obviously that's a conflict, and it's a tough conflict. But if you had—I think the idea behind that kind of policy would be there's someone else who will follow the rules— 
who they're following all the rules, man. They're following every single rule. Yeah, and it's not even like they're they're I, like I personally wasn't willfully being like I fucking hate Joseph Smith and I'm so excited I don't believe anymore. It was terrifying yeah. to me uh, that these the these things that were a core part of my whole entire yeah. identity. My this is it, it's 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 not it wasn't fun and it wasn't wanted. Yeah. I tr- I fought against it. But like they're teaching me things in their classes that are contradicting, that are like breaking my mind apart. Sure, you know. Sure. And uh, I'm being exposed to things. I'm learning stuff about uh, the honor code and blah blah yeah. blah that are that are uh, like are now weighing on my shelf, right? And they're they I'm we're not breaking any rules. I'm not. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm living uh, all these except these for the one uh, of the honor code. Except for the one, which is which is. Is that a, is that a rule? Is that I mean, like you're a, telling me that it is. I, I, I'm I'm taking your word for it. I I don't think it should be a rule. But and like, if you're asking, other, if you're asking me, there's other and you'll kids at faith. BYU that do not believe in Joseph Smith uh, as a prophet of the restoration, and BYU has no problem with that kid yeah. in school. So it's not really a rule. It's not. It's not like you have to no. believe this like to go here. From a, but from it a seems like that standpoint. feels like a a, a a weapon of control. We are going to keep you in this in this yeah. church, yeah. whether you like it or not. If you if you say that you don't want to be here anymore, well then we're going to take away your credits. We're going to take away your housing. We're yeah. going to take away your job. We're going to tell everyone at home that you don't believe anymore. Like your yeah. life is going to be fucked. And but like they don't. They that's not a rule for other students at BYU. You know the that, non-Mormons who came the, there, non-Mormon. Right. And so like, if yeah. you, what if I said I don't believe anymore, and they were like, okay, well now you have to pay non-member tuition. That's something. I'd be like, okay. I'll pay I'll pay the non okay, the non Mormon yeah. tuition, but that's not an option. It's either you go to church every Sunday and take the sacrament and believe in all this stuff and pray to yeah. the same God we do, or you're out. That seems to be a fair I mean that's kinda where I would land is that yeah, you if you're not gonna be a member, don't be a member, but you don't get member tuition. That would be I, I, I would be okay with, with I that. I think from the standpoint, yeah, that yeah. the, the, the tuition is uh, a benefit to members. members of the church. That makes sense. Yeah. I would imagine that you would want to limit the amount of, especially at college age, the way kids are in college, you would want to limit the amount of uh, sharing faith crisis with each other. So it's like a kid comes in Catholic, sure. uh, the Mormon kids are automatically like, he's Catholic, he doesn't get it. But then you have a Mormon kid that's like, what about this, 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 and this? And then that can spread. Right. You know, that can be infectious. That would be a concern of mine, yeah. Yeah, that would be a concern of mine uh, running a business or running a church or running a university. It's like, we don't want this spread around. So we'll just incentivize you to keep it to your fucking self. Yeah. And I I remember in BYU-Idaho, my roommate uh, one year got a T-shirt that was a stencil drawing of Joseph Smith with his arms around two girls. And it said, Big Pimpin'. And he put that on. I said, dude, you cannot go to school like that. I was like, you are going to get kicked the hell out of school, man. He's like, no, it's funny. I was like, don't do it, dude. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he wore it and he got kicked out of class. That's all that happened to oh, him. Okay. Cool. Oh, wow. He got kicked out of class. He said, go go home. And, and I, but I think the teacher, it's because the teacher didn't report him any higher. I think he could have. But I like, I was, when he saw when he wore that T-shirt, I was like, dude, you shouldn't do I that. I love rebellious Mormons. Yeah. Yeah, man. He just was. He, I, he just and, thought it was funny. Yeah, he just thought it was funny. Yeah, and I, it was fu- it's, it's super funny. And uh, but I wouldn't wear that shirt at BYU Idaho <laughs> or BYU. <laughs> just, 
Yeah, I don't know what to say besides that seems like a clear conflict. But I will say this. It doesn't seem consistent with the church in any other capacity of my life, which is why it's weird for me, because it's not consistent with everything else that I see. And it's weird. And I wish it wasn't that way, but it is weird. I think I, I've said lots of times that uh, BYU was a huge contribution to me uh, leaving the church. I just I think the the church should be a church like uh church is this one aspect of your life like this on sundays and like everything that they teach is kind of like up to you to enforce in your own life it's your own personal belief system and you uh can be introspective and you can be aware of your own sins and your own shortcomings and you can uh police yourself right um the i didn't grow up in utah you know i grew grew up up? uh, in maryland uh, oh, away, away from other Mormons. Yeah, you know, and the the closer I got to the center of Mormonism, the weirder Mormonism got. Shocking. When it had totally. the more yeah. control it has <laughs> over your life, the weirder and worse it gets. And yeah. BYU, I uh, there were lots of things at BYU where I'm like, this isn't is this what the church is? This isn't what the church is. Yeah, yeah. this isn't it. There's a culture versus doctrine, obviously, th- you know, thing, and the culture is kind of messed up in a lot of ways, and I definitely agree with that. But like. You know, living in Utah was not even close. Like, if my wife would have said we're going to move to Utah, I'd say, no, no way, because I don't, I don't particularly care for that culture either. I like that my kids have diversity in their school and their neighborhoods, and and there's some Mormons around here, and it's enough. But like having it all over the place, it just seems so wacky to me. Well, did you grow up in a in a big Mormon community? Decent, like. Of like, uh, let's see. I mean, I guess Spokane's got some Mormons. Spokane's yeah. got some Mormons. There was probably sixty kids in my high school that were LDS out of eighteen hundred. Is it okay that I'm saying Mormon? I we haven't had anyone around where. It's, yeah, again, uh, I'm rough around the edges. Yeah, so okay. yeah, I'm, I, I guess I guess. Uh, <laughs> Just the podcast will be two hours long if right, every if time I say, we have to say Church of Jesus members Christ of the Church of, of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. Every what do you time. think of recent changes uh, from like uh, <laughs> President Nelson, like the the name change? And I love stuff like the, that. I love the changes. I I don't have any problem with the change. It's very diff. I say that as I say, keep on saying Mormon, 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 but like it's hard to not use such a very small. I mean, very. Yeah. Well, why did the? I mean, has anybody talked about why? Like uh, 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 President Nelson that? talked about why. Yes. Yeah, so what did he say? Why, I mean, you got to take it from what he said. He says because it's not the name of the church. It's, what, it's not what the Lord dictated. The Lord dictated the name of the church in the Doctrine and Covenants, and that's what the name of the church is. And so we have fallen astray. That's what that was. What my uh, takeaway was, and by calling it Mormonism, that's not what the name of the church is, and it shouldn't be. Uh, it should be called what it, the Lord dictated. Do you dictated. remember when they like did something almost like this in the Hinckley years? I can remember as a kid, like I mean, I remember the I, I remember the I'm a Mormon like ad campaign. Yeah, but that like, wasn't Hinkley though. I don't no, think. no. Before like there was this moment where they were like, we're not we're going to get away from saying Mormon, and yeah, then it quickly it, went yeah. away. And then they, we saw movies like Meet the Mormons. Yeah, and I'm a Mormon campaign, and uh, and like Mormon was all, suddenly like okay. Yeah. Throughout all the Monson years, Mormon was totally was was they I've, leaned into it. I felt I, well. I feel like there's a possibility that Nelson uh, had a lot of these ideas coming up i mean like and and once he got you know the head spot once that you know maybe monson disagreed on those things i'm sure they talked about this all the time and when he was the prophet he made some changes that probably had been on his mind for quite some time i'm sure so do you see it more as uh i mean i love two-hour church that's my favorite one yeah i bet man oh 
to our what church. Was it before three? Three. three. So good. It's not too bad. It's not too so bad. Good you now. had breaks in between. So good now. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> oh. Um. It'd be nice to have a, uh, just an extra hour in your Sunday. It's gonna be good. But I do like the idea that the Mormon Church is uh, uh, open to changing, big changes. Uh, you know, I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah. And I really like, like, uh, we've done a couple episodes talking about the original, like Joseph Smith doctrine, which was a lot of like magic and alchemy and shit like that. I really like that stuff. Okay. Uh, I um. A, t- a ton of Joseph Smith's version of, like, the original uh, setup of Mormonism is, like, what I actually believe about. Uh, I think it's probably why you find the Mormon church so it's fascinating. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm at some point I, w- I wanted to ask you, like, do you, <laughs> do you think, like, somewhere maybe it's because there might be something to it? Uh, that maybe he nailed on some things that I, I think resonate uh, with, uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it resonates because it's true, and that's yeah, my, my position. Yeah, my belief system is that, that people see behind the curtain, and mm-hmm. they see the truth, and that it's very difficult then for us to hold on to the truth yeah. when, uh, I believe, power corrupts, and I believe that it's difficult uh, once you get past the one uh, person who held on to it. I feel this way about Jesus. I think Jesus was awake. I think Jesus tapped into something. I think the dudes in the book of Acts uh, tapped into it again. Yeah. But then uh, it like my belief on organized religion is my belief on just everything else. It like starts out with these great intentions and then people rise to the top. The kind of people that rise to the top are are the people that have uh, that are driven by power. And those people don't tend to have the best interest in heart. And my like I did like five years in Christianity and it was right. heartbreaking because I got into Christianity because I had a supernatural experience with Jesus. Yeah. And then Christianity was just rules and fucking what everything looks like. And it was just all yeah. like very carnal, like it, it, it's carnal and you're calling it not carnal, but it, it just yeah. is show and it's yeah. bullshit and it's about money and it's about like, and I, you know, I climbed the ladder and got sure. behind that curtain and it was like, this is just uh bullshit but you're dangling the carrot of truth yeah. to get people into it. And I don't know if that's intentional or what I think, but the, uh, the us coming to earth and, uh, being gods. And like my, when I talked to Aaron, the first time I ever talked to Aaron about what the aliens told me about, um, Adam and Eve yeah. was very similar to the Mormon creation. Well, everything story. you said, like when you were, d- yeah, everything you said about your alien experience, I could tie back to Mormonism. I was like, yeah, this sounds. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, I think that's why she's super interested in yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, you know, Christianity. Uh, I have a lot of problems with modern day Christianity. I mean, I think like I, I think you've mentioned before, like you don't really espouse any belief system at this point i think if i was if it wasn't for mormonism that's probably where i would land too i'd be like well i don't like like it's the only thing that makes practical sense to me at all uh and it ties everything together but obviously i don't believe that mormonism fits the profile of uh organized religion where the where the people on top um are are uh you know uh using greed or uh, unrighteous uh, methods to control or enslave people. I think uh, the people on top of the Mormon Church certainly had the ability to pay themselves handsomely if they wanted to. 
and, and they, they don't. and they don't live a lifestyle like a like a mega church yeah. uh, w- leader would. Um, they don't get I in don't trouble know if they with live like it quietly because uh, they, they don't they don't you know they don't get in trouble with like uh, you know cocaine and male hookers uh, like some mega church leaders have, and you don't see that kind of level of hypocrisy. I don't think in in the leaders of the Mormon Church, uh, which I think differentiates it from a lot of christianity uh and also they're not you know not paid clergy is a big deal to me yeah i think when the money's involved it it definitely uh, lends to what you're talking about yeah where i feel like if you are working at the church you should get paid uh okay i uh and these aren't like whatever these are just my transient opinions yeah but i feel like having worked in the in a church in a mega church yeah that's where i worked and uh, we got paid all right, uh, but like everyone got the c- the janitor got paid. Like everyone got paid because like that's your job. Like that's what you're doing all the time. Yeah. And I know that the Mormon th- the setup is different. Like these guys have regular day jobs and stuff. But uh, I've had this issue with twelve step, like working with twelve step groups and doing comedy and stuff. It's it's like okay, uh, where's the like if we're just donating the money up infinitely? Yeah, where's it going? And then what are we doing with it? Like, why not uh, use this money to provide for the people who are contributing to this thing that works? One of the things I like most about the Mormon Church is what is what they do with that money. Uh, a lot of people will uh, probably take issue with that because they do a lot of weird investments, like buying malls and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think they do that because it's smart to invest your money. Because you invest your money, you make more money. Um, and you know, obviously, the church is uh, uh, their land holdings are. Uh, I don't think even fully known. Uh, in public, uh, but are probably substantial. I mean, yeah. they are definitely super substantial. And so the wealth... They're of like the, mor- the largest uh, private owner of land in the state of Florida. Right. They own like orchards and stuff. Tons of... My dad works in the for the cannery, the Bishop's Storehouse. Oh, really? So, you know, so that's yeah. A lot there. And things like Bishop's or- Storehouse, even the existence of Bishop's Storehouses are kind of awesome and super great. And... If, uh, and... Uh, relief for like natural disasters and, and and the humanitarian aid that the church produces and and expects nothing in return for is uh, uh, I, it, it, it's, it makes me proud to be a member of that church Humanit- uh, humanitarian aid I like I also like uh, uh, cheap college cheap college uh, there you go mm-hmm. it's like voting for Bernie Sanders becoming a Mormon um, <laughs> what uh, I don't feel like I have a place to have like opinions about a church that I wasn't a part of. I'm actually super interested in your opinions because you're not. Yeah, uh, because I love, of your position. I love the model of a of a living church where it it evolves. Right. Uh, I'm never. I'm very extreme as a person, and so I'm never super impressed with uh, some of the changes. Just seem uh, administrative to me. But uh, might, that might just be all they are is administrative too. Yeah, I think. I think if Joseph Smith was alive today, we'd be getting some, th- there would be much, like, God would maybe be making uh, some bigger uh, moves. But okay. uh, just the way his personality, like, I'm uh, really into Joseph Smith. I wish yeah. he, you know. Um, anyway, uh, Kate Kelly? Yeah, I know who she is. <laughs> Your opinions on, those are two things. It just I sounds like you just throw out words. <laughs> Kate Kelly? Yeah, is she still a thing? Um, no, well, she got excommunicated, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on people who who want to see change enacted? Do you feel like that's just up to God to do and that uh, you're betraying the church by? That's not all Kate Kelly was doing. Kate Kelly was actively promoting uh, uh, dissension. 
amongst the church. So yeah. she like had like discussions and things that had printed like <laughs> printed material and and uh, how to uh, how things should be. Uh, and uh, I don't think she had any intention of of from the ways the way I saw her speak on YouTube only or Facebook uh, videos. I didn't. Uh, there are other people who've been excommunicated that I think have a more um, even keel. John DeLynn would be one of them uh, that I'm familiar with and like the Mormon Stories podcast. Mm-hmm. I think he's Did he get excommunicated f- because of that podcast? Saying uh, is that it comes exactly down to the same why. exact the same exact reason Kate Kelly was uh, excommunicated as uh, leading others into apostasy. So sure. yeah, the 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 podcast is yeah, every, like his whole everything that he was doing publicly. It was uh you know, giving people a uh, uh, a a forum, a platform to discuss uh, problems uh, that they had, gripes that they had, doubts that they had with the Mormon Church. So, yeah, he put a lot of suggestions out there about how the church should change, <laughs> and uh, but it's like well, they they got both John and Kate for saying like, well, you're leading others astray. Yeah, yeah like and you that's have the right to have these feelings, but you are using uh, w- a platform. W- which is which is under the umbrella of apostate, right? So when you, when you're labeled an apostate, that's when you would be excommunicated. And also, uh, they had no interest in changing their behavior, so it was a it was a impasse, right? It's like, well, you need to not do that, and they wanted to. From my understanding, they wanted to keep doing that, and so and Kate Kelly's issue, Kate Kelly's issue was addressed by Dallin H. Oaks at a at a he had a talk in the general priesthood session that was specifically why the priesthood is the way it is and why when women don't have it and why men don't have it and I think it's uh it was a great response to her grievance. Right. I think but it was it was a response. Like she it, got it, a response people, from the high, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. essentially the highest level you can get essentially. Uh but did they the, change that I, after she got excommunicated? No, no, women still can't have the priesthood. Okay. No. They can wear uh, pants to church though. Um they uh they immediately bro- started broadcasting the priesthood session of General Conference after, like the, yeah. as soon as Kate Kelly yeah, brought up occurred, her definitely. protest. But uh, and so I I think that this is a uh, like I would like to see a church that allowed uh, discussion and uh, that uh, like would that respond to that discussion. So there's parts there that I liked, right? Uh, and I don't think Dallin H. Oaks ever gives that address unless uh, Kate Kelly brings this up. And like it's, has it people was, camped it outside. Was, it was a response the to this yeah. to this thing, right? right? Um, and uh, I just don't think there's anything wrong with expressing uh, a different opinion. And saying, uh, I love this church. Yeah. Uh, I I believe in it. I just personally believe that we shouldn't be saying Mormon anymore. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's that they like you you had addressed earlier that like uh you're at least I've you opened the idea that uh President Nelson had these ideas for a while. Uh, and that like he yeah. had to wait until he was in office in order to enact those ideas. Yeah, it doesn't preclude the notion that God wanted it, though. But yeah, I do think that. But it doesn't. It doesn't eliminate the idea that God could have also been controlling that. Well, like when God, uh, when when President Monson was the one in charge, uh, God had already issued his name in the Doctrine and Covenants of what he wanted the church to be called. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That and uh, but like that he was cool with it being called Mormon for a long time. Yeah. 
and then President Nelson gets in, and uh, and is it do you, the is it more God's uh like God said in 2019 this is what it should be, or is it more President Nelson's idea for a long time and like God's cool with whatever his leader says is like you know you know I, it's obviously conjecture if you're asking me I my my authority is I I'm I'm a Sunday school teacher at my local congregation I don't I'm not uh, a, an authority on this I'm just conjecturing maybe he mm-hmm. had these ideas it seems like. Once President Monson died, a whole lot of changes occurred. I'm guessing that, that Russell Nelson had these ideas before, whether he these came to him later. He's pretty open with his revelatory methods, and he's actually given some uh, amazing speeches on how that occurs. Uh, but I do 100% believe that God leads this church and that God is that is the way that God wants it to be. I do believe that. Yeah. I think this might be a good time to stop, and we can wrap uh, this up now and uh, then continue this conversation, because I definitely want to continue this conversation. We've got a lot more to go uh, on the, and we'll just take it over to Patreon. Does that sound good? That sounds excellent. Jess? Okay, so before we leave, uh, Brady, where... I approve approve of that, too. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, uh, For people who are too poor to pay up for Patreon, before we go, uh, where can they find you at? Yeah, so I run a podcast called Drilled Podcast, um, and you can find that wherever podcasts are. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel because a lot of what we do is putting our guests on nitrous oxide, and that's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So you can watch these little clips of our guests, Aaron Woodall included, on nitrous oxide on U- our YouTube channel, which is Drilled Podcast at YouTube. Uh, we have an Instagram at Drilled Podcast. You can email us and contact me at drilledpodcast at gmail.com. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we will say goodbye for now. We hope you guys will follow us over to Patreon to continue. But if not, we'll catch you next time on Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. A podcast network.